0: Okay, we are in continuing in the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 14. We are g- uh, in week two in our study of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be on this at least another week, possibly two, because I believe that this is a critical subject which has been neglected uh, by the church universal. Um, and so we want to make sure that everybody here theologically understands the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, we'll just go back and read a couple verses just so we have a context. John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So there it is, another comforter. Uh, Jesus is saying the first comforter is Jesus himself. And now when he leaves, he will, he will put in his place another universal comforter. And I spent last week uh, showing you that the Holy Spirit was an entity. It had pers- he had personality. Uh, He was as much a presence as Jesus is a presence, as God the Father is a presence. We're not talking about metaphysical forces. It's not a metaphysical force or a wave. It is, in fact, an entity with full personality because the Holy Spirit, as he walks with you and is in you, feels your pain, knows your levels of discomfort, knows what, what, what it is that you need, and and is the guidepost for you in your spiritual walk. So it's important that we get a sense a sense of understanding of the Holy Spirit. And the problem is that a lot of misconceptions come out of this when we when we think of the Holy Spirit uh, as uh, some force to be dealt with. And people say, "Oh, I need to get more of the Holy Spirit," and that can become a misconception because it's as if you would think or say that that uh, as you. Uh, have spiritual gifts that the holy spirit gives you spiritual gifts you rise higher on the spiritual food chain that's not true okay the fact that god gives spiritual gifts to his people does not entitle people that get the spiritual gifts to brag about their standing before god god gives the gifts irrespective of the person it's God's way of doing it. I can't explain to you how God, why God gives the gifts that He does to the people that He does, all right uh, but but I want to assure you that God knows what He's doing, and so if He gives the gift of of teaching or prophecy or evangelism to somebody, that, then it's God's will. I mean that's that's God's determination as to how that's done. It's not because you're holier. you understand? It's not because you're holier. It doesn't, doesn't entitle you to, to be bragging, oh, look at me, what I have. Because the whole indication of the Holy Spirit is pointing to Jesus. It's not pointing to you, not lifting you up. Look at what I, it's pointing out to Jesus. And so this is an important thing to understand, and I see a lot of the, the Christian world not understanding that. So if you've got a gift, don't be bragging about it, All right? Uh, That's one of the things why I I don't like it when I hear people say, uh, you know, one Christian to the other, are you filled with the Spirit? The answer is yes, all right? You are filled with the Spirit. You've accepted Jesus Christ at that moment that you've accepted Jesus Christ. You are filled with the Spirit. You've been baptized in the Spirit. Don't make anybody think anything else. Now we're going to spend... Next week, probably talking about the filling and the refilling of the Spirit, which was separate and apart from the baptism. The baptism is the one universal act of baptism into Christ. Given one time when you accept Jesus Christ, and I'm not talking about accepting by way of mental acceptance. I'm talking about heart acceptance. When you fully accept Jesus and submit to him and take him into your life and tell him that he will lead you for the rest of your life. Now you've been accepted by Jesus Christ. And he, f- and he baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that means what an awesome statement that is to think that part of the Trinity itself, God himself, is in your heart. He's in your heart. He's leading you. He's guiding you. He's going to convict you from time to time. And we're going to talk about all these things and what it means in our Christian life. So... Uh, The question now becomes, uh, as we deal with this, is looking for the uh, example of the Holy Spirit in the Bible uh, and seeing examples of the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit exhibited itself going back to the creation, that even as God designated Jesus as the creative agent, that the Holy Spirit was fully involved in that act as well. Uh, And there are examples for us to look at that. Uh, For example... Uh, Look in the book of Job. Look at Job 26, verse 13. Job 26, the oldest book in the Bible. Verse 13. Did I cite that wrong? 26, 13. All right, that's the wrong verse. All right, that's the wrong verse. Let's try 33, 4. 33, 4. That's it. The Spirit of God has made me the breath of the Almighty gives me life. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty has given me life. That's the Holy Spirit. So here you see a citation in the oldest book of the Bible referencing the fact of the Spirit of God. Well, the Spirit of God is the Holy Spirit. All right? And so here's an example of the teaching uh, very early on of who the Holy Spirit is and how he works. Look also at John chapter 3, verse 6. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. There it is. So the spirit gives birth. When you, get, and when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives birth to your spiritual life. Life eternal. There it is. The spirit giving birth to life eternal. Look also at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. Let's understand that. So even though we have Christ living within us, our body is dead, our physical body is dead or dying, but our spiritual body is alive forever, even as we walk around and, and, and interrelate with each other. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is it living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. How about that? All right, so you understand again the role of the Holy Spirit being there from the beginning and in being involved in the raising of Jesus from the dead, uh, God and the Holy Spirit doing that. And so with the Holy Spirit residing in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead sits there in your body, there with you as you, as you uh, walk in this world in every possible way Uh, giving rise to who we are. And the point of this is that with the Holy Spirit in us, we are empowered. We are empowered. We're empowered to point the way to Jesus. We're empowered to live in an evil world and not succumb to this world. Uh, And that's what it's about. The only way you can have a, a successful Christian life is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you have not received that, you're not really a Christian. So let's start at at first base. The whole point of this exercise is to understand what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit gives us. Uh, And I want to make sure that that I do that. Also, the the Bible itself, the word of God coming out of the Bible is attributable to the Holy Spirit. Take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter, uh, let's see, 2 Peter, excuse me. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's important, all right? So be very careful. Be very careful when you listen to people, even if they, they attribute themselves as being evangelists or preachers, and you'll see this all over TV. People that, that uh, talk about this, I, by the way, that verse is Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 21. And so the point of this exercise is to say that the word of God comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from the intellect of man. I could sit here, if I don't have the Holy Spirit, and write up this masterful treatise about who Jesus is. Uh, And then I would deliver it, and it would fall as flat as a pancake. And some poor ignorant person could come up who has never spent a day in seminary, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit get up and make some simple statement, and your hearts would be soaring. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is inspiring those words. It's not the words of man, and I'll give you a personal insight into this in my, in my uh, own experience. About 20 years ago, when, when, I, when it became evident to me that God wanted me uh, to teach and preach, uh, I thought that even though I had spent a lifetime basically in a seminary under my grandfather and my father, I thought that I needed to get as much depth as possible, uh, especially in the New Testament. And so, are you familiar with this this organization, The Great Books of the World? You'll see it advertised often. Well, Bart Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N, University of North Carolina, the professor of the New Testament in the uh, University of North Carolina, had published a series of works on the New Testament. He was considered by most people to be one of the preeminent experts on the New Testament. I got all of the books. I had them all on tape and I would listen to them hour after hour. After a while, I would say to my wife, There's something wrong here. I, I can't really put my finger on it, but I'm not feeling the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in this work. I don't know what it is. I'm getting a check as I'm listening to it. Uh, you know, technically correct, but at times I found it theologically lacking. Uh, not re- especially in tone and You understand what I'm saying in tone Not right I couldn't f- actually identify precisely why it w- what it was I chatted with my son about that Because I, you know he and I talk about these kind of issues And don't you know that about three years after that uh, Bart Ehrman uh, repudiated Jesus Christ as the son of God Repudiated Jesus Christ as the son of God Here he is, and by the way, he's still the professor of the New Testament at the University of North Carolina. Which is why I tell you, grandparents, be careful where you send your kids to school, okay? Be careful where you send your kids to school, all right? So here's a guy who has now repudiated Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you could take the entire New Testament and throw it out. If Jesus Christ isn't the Son of God, the entire Bible collapses in and of itself. You know that. We've been studying this for years now, how we interrelate one verse and the other. Now, what does it mean? Am I smarter than Bart Ehrman? No. But here's the thing. I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit. When I speak, I hope. When I speak, your heart jumps because you hear God's words being articulated. There's an example where a man deviated, left the original truth, became an apostate, and, I, and, and frankly, it fell flat as a pancake, all right? And so there's the example, there is the example. And I'm sure many of you have a similar testimony when you listen to so-called televangelists. Look, everybody that's on TV is not necessarily a, a man or woman of God, all right? Many of them are, are, are there propagating their own stuff to make as much money as they can, all right? And you need to ask God, You need to ask God to give you the wisdom through the Holy Spirit, all right? That's what you do is you listen to somebody. That's the litmus test. That is the litmus test. Are they lifting up Jesus Christ as the Son of God, or are they lifting up themselves? Send me 10 bucks and I'll send you this handkerchief. (laughs) You can put it on your dashboard. You'll have no idea what it's going to do for you. Turn the TV off. Can I get an amen on that? All right. Turn the TV off. Honestly, the most precious thing is when you hear the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ preached through the Holy Spirit. Jesus was a simple down to earth man. And yet the words that he gave inspired by the Holy Spirit, God itself, look There's billions of Christians in this world now coming out of effectively out of a manger by a man who never traveled more than 30 miles from his home. How do you think that happens? It's God, it's God, and so really as I sit here and I study this subject of the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand God has given you this gift to test the spirits, to test not everything, not every church, not every preacher, not every teacher is from God. All right, And that's for you to decide. You need to have that, that spirit because God gave you that test. And you need to ask God and pray and say, Lord, inspire me. Give me wisdom. Let me see so that I understand this. Uh, and so Peter has made it very clear. It's God himself, God himself that wrote the Bible. Yes, he used the hand of man, but they were merely the messengers. The Holy Spirit poured the word down. Uh, I want you to turn also to Acts chapter 5. This is a great subject, isn't it? Honestly. I mean, this thing preaches itself. I just have to get out of the way. Preaches itself. Here it is. You want to see how how the first century church understood who the Holy Spirit was, that it was God himself? Look at Acts chapter 5, verse 3, and you know this story. This is Ananias and Sapphira. This is one of those Bible studies that bothered you a lot as a kid, right? It's not a person here that went went to Sunday school that wasn't a little bit bothered by this story, am I right? You know, after all, they came with a pretty good sized gift. Here it is, here it is, church, we've sold some land and here it is, we're giving it to the work of God. Oh, this is great, this is great, look at this. This, These people are honoring God, they're bringing the gift. Oh, 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 not quite correct, you see. Because everybody else was selling everything and giving it to them. They came in and indicated, well, eh, just like everybody else, we sold everything and we're giving it to God. And you know, just I held back, held back I held back a stash for myself. Now you know you were in Sunday school, so here's what you're thinking. Well, oh, it's not so bad. Come on. I mean, look what he's doing. Look at the big picture. <laughs> Don't say that when you're dealing with God. Don't say that when you're dealing with God. And look what Peter says. Acts chapter five, verse three, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Oh, you lied to the Holy Spirit? Wait a minute, I thought I was lying to you. Oh no, and things of God, When, when that person is representative of God, you're lying, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Verse four, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? He sounds like a a, a trial lawyer. I mean, (laughs) I'm dead. You got me, you got me. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. What does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit you lied to, And he now says, you haven't lied to men, you lied to God. God, the Holy Spirit, together, one. Well, what happens? When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. That's it. Boom. Dead. Dead. There it is, brother. That's my guy. When I form my own church, he will be the sergeant of arms. There will be nobody in church, but anybody that comes will be forewarned. But there's, there's the point. There is the point. There is the point. He, he drops dead. He drops dead because he lied to God. Oh, Father, have mercy on us. And so you understand the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and so, of course, you know, Sapphira comes back a couple hours later. I don't have to tell you the story, it's equally disturbing. She repeats the lie. Boom, another corpse. Another corpse. Thankfully, the mercy of God intervened because otherwise they'd be pulling corpses out of churches every, every week. <laughs> and so s- thankfully, God has, has given us grace and, and, and moved on. And so the lesson for us is that we must honor, honor uh, the Holy Spirit by recognizing and relying on his work in our faith. In your expression, in your Christian walk, do you honor the Holy Spirit? How do I, What does that mean, honoring the Holy Spirit? Do you acknowledge the authority of the Bible? Do you acknowledge that the Old Testament is God's prophecy about man, that Jesus Christ was prophesied in every part of the Old Testament? All of that is honoring the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was the amanuensis of writing that Bible. You have to understand it. It's all inspired by him. Do we recognize, and this is a key one, do you recognize that the only way you can witness successfully to people about Jesus Christ is through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? The only way. I don't think I'm going to write this up. Let me just think how brilliant this will be. I'm going to come up with a couple of I- new ideas. I'm going to write it up, and I'm going to memorize it. And this is going to be just so great. When people hear it, they're just going to fall down and accept Jesus Christ. No, they're not. No, they're not. Instead, what you should say is, Lord, I ask you to give me the Holy Spirit in my life to fulfill me great to a greater extent, Lord. Give me the wisdom that I need in order to know who to speak to, how to speak to, your words. Listen. Every week when I write these lessons, I constantly ask God, Lord, what do they need to hear? What do you want me to say to these people? How do I teach this word? It's your word, Lord. Don't let me mess this up. Help me, God. Help me. And, I, and, and all night long on Saturday night, I'm constantly saying that. Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I know how to give these people what they need. Because frankly, I can't give you what you need. I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what your need is, but the Holy Spirit does. And I pray that in some way, the words that God is putting in my mouth today attach to a need that you have, because that's what it's about. So, so there it is. All of these works, that's how we, we, uh, we recognize and rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and this witness aspect is a key part. You cannot witness to people if you think you're going to work on a gimmick you're gonna work on a program. Oh, here's what we're gonna do, let's get a committee together. Let's, you know, that's the first problem right there. Okay, let's get a committee together. Let's put together, let's have some revival service. You know, we'll get a tent, we'll get some musicians. How's that sound? We'll do X, we'll do Y, we'll do this, and, and we, this sounds brilliant. Well, this is what we'll do. It was exactly what the, what the disciples did on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, oh. Jesus, let's erect a couple of statues here. This is great. And you understood that Jesus said no. No, it's not about man's work. It's not about your gimmicks. And yet I'm not I'm not saying that that uh, an evangelical effort that's thought well thought out under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will not be successful. Now now let me explain this to you because there are some people that believe that you can only be inspired by the Holy Spirit in the moment that you speak. That's not theologically correct. You see this, that, that clearly uh, God can inspire over a long period of time, a course of action, all right? You see Moses doing that as he brought the people, the Jewish people uh, out of Egypt, the long course of action, 40 years effectively inspiring him every day in every possible way. Uh, also the fact that somebody may have notes when he gets up and and teaches or preaches is not indicative of the fact that they're not relying on the Holy Spirit. I've heard that one too. Oh, you've got notes. You've got notes. You are not relying on the Holy Spirit. Now that's silly. You see, that's silly. Because as you pray and you ask God to give you the inspiration, isn't it possible that God gives you The the notes that you're writing and you're you're honoring God, uh, really? And doesn't God honor through the Holy Spirit books? Are there books that are written that are inspired by the Holy Spirit? Yes, there are. Not all, but yes, there are. So I want you to understand this whole issue that that when we rely on the Holy Spirit, that when he refuses us with his power, you're going to be amazed at the things that God is going to do through you. You will be amazed. You have never think that it's possible that you will ever really have the chance to speak out with the courage that God will give you uh, as you see this as you see this role. And so the most active part of the role of the Holy Spirit is the ongoing sanctification of Christians through the inspiration of the Bible and in giving specific gifts to the church. That's the role. It's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies you daily, that convicts you daily. And what do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. Before you walked as a Christian, before you were fully committed as a Christian, you know that there were words that come out of your mouth that were not exactly uplifting to Jesus. Am I right? When you're driving your car, there's conduct in the car as it relates to driving in Naples during the winter. <laughs> that is not exactly uplifting to Jesus, okay? There are things that come across your window screen as you walk in life that, that, that before you would react in anger. Now instead you pause and there's a filter. And if something somehow escapes Here's what you say, oh God, forgive me. I didn't mean to say that, Lord. Purge those thoughts from my mind. Deliver me from this, Father. I don't want to, fill me more with your love. I don't want to be this way. I want to draw people to Jesus. And is it going to be drawing people to Jesus when they see this angry person? Really? This angry person? Ask God to to take care of that anger in your life. And so that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And you see this. Uh, and, and so God, through the Holy Spirit, gives specific gifts to the church. That's how God delivers gifts to the church. And I'm not talking about a church denomination or a church building. I'm talking about the universal church of God. Every time I say church, think in your head, universal church of God. And so God gives gifts. He gives some as, as prophets. Now prophet, basically, would be someone today, we don't see that role as someone predicting the future, but rather prophecy today relates really to to the uh, preaching of the gospel, all right? It's the preaching of the gospel. God gives that gift, the church has to have that gift. It has to have the gift of teaching. It has to have the gift of evangelism, but it also needs the gift of helps. It also needs the gift of administration. It also needs to have the the uh, the gift of giving you understand of giving it needs that gift Uh, and it needs the gift of love universal, not just to the people in the church, but to the people of the world. These are gifts given by the Holy Spirit and every single one of you has some gift. Let me repeat that. Every single one of you has some gift. God does not take one person and interpose all of the gifts into that one person. That's not how God does it. But he takes the gifts and he spreads it out so that all of you have some gift. And we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, and so that you have an understanding of how that works. Um, and, and clearly, here's the litmus test. You want the litmus test of knowing how th- what the Holy Spirit tells you? Turn to 1 John chapter 4. Here's the litmus test, how you are to test the spirits. First John chapter four, verse one. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That is as much true today as it was back then. In fact, it's probably more true because now these false prophets make money, okay? This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. There it is. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ, the son of God, has come to this world in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The spirit of the Antichrist is present in the world now, okay, now, all right? Don't think you're waiting for 666 to appear, and then you're going to look for the stamp on your hand, and that's going to be when the, the spirit of the Antichrist is evident in the world now. And the evidence is that they will not accept Jesus Christ. They will not acknowledge him. Uh, And that's our job. That's our job. Our job through the Holy Spirit is to stand tall for Jesus Christ. Uh, And so that we show a world uh, what this is all about. Now, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in four different ways. If you have the outline, this is on point number 10. This is important. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in four different ways. Uh, First, uh, uh, by teaching about Jesus in the scriptures. Uh, Look at John 15, Gospel of John 15, verse 26. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the father he will testify about me and you must also testify for you have been filled with me from the beginning Oh, there it is this kind of the spirit of truth the holy spirit is designed to testify about jesus he's in your heart okay now the question is are you giving are you giving it over are you are you giving it over to him look also at verse uh, chapter 16 1 chapter later Verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it it known to you there it is what an amazing picture that god himself is dispensing all the truth that you need through the holy spirit into your heart all right and here's the thing here's the thing that you can do this through prayer you can do this through study through bible study even god forbid if you're involved in a church maybe that's not the best church that's not really uh operating on all fours the holy spirit will still feed you all right The Holy Spirit will feed you Uh, second. The Holy Spirit glorifies the Lord by drawing men and women to him without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. No one would ever come to Jesus. Let me repeat that without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. No one would ever come to Jesus. It is the very grace of Jesus Christ that touches a person at the moment that they look into their heart and introspectively say, God, I'm lost. I need a savior, and it's at that moment that the Holy Spirit descends on that person. Not yet within them, but descending on them, giving them them the power to ask God to to, to become a Christian, asking God to take over their life. Look at John 3, verse 3. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. There it is. It's the Holy Spirit that touches the person who is a sinner and says, I need a Savior. It's that very role of the Holy Spirit. So you see it acting right there at that very moment. Look also at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Isn't the Bible great? I mean, honestly, how many examples, right? You, like you, somebody says, Well, can you give me one example? How about 100? Can I give you 100? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truth and spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all the things, but himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Who has known the mind of the Lord? Yeah, the Holy Spirit has known the mind of the Lord. What does this mean? Here's what it means. It means if you decide that you want to go to seminary because you think it's a good career, nice benefits, you know, (laughs) You don't have the same stress you have in regular jobs. You don't really have to work a hard 40-day week. You know, you probably work maybe 15, 20 hours. It's Sunday. You got to work a little on Sunday. It's a nice gig, right? It's a nice job, especially if you can get into a bigger church. They have benefits. You don't want to go to a smaller church. There's a lot more heavy lifting in a smaller church. But you get into a bigger church, you know, so you decide this is good for me. I'm going to go to seminary, and I'll learn all this stuff, and I'll come out, and I'll be an effective preacher. biz wrong. Because the seminary does not give you the Holy Spirit. You understand? The seminary does not give you the gift of preaching. The seminary does not give you the gift of teaching. Now, John is not saying that he is against education. How can I say that? I spent much of my life Uh, In education and so I'm not saying that the great thing is the great thing is when you see somebody sanctified by the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit yet educated uh, to be able to explain to people what's going on that's a powerful combination but merely thinking education in and of itself is the answer is a big mistake. It is not I want to continue to emphasize the power of the Holy Spirit what we need to be effective in this world what you need to be able to go out and meet people to touch people to preach to people to speak to people to love people you can't even love one another you can't even love one another without the Holy Spirit and when I see marriages falling apart really. I see marriages falling apart, even these marriages that have 25, 30, 35 years. The answer is not that they've fallen out of love with each other. They've fallen out of love with Jesus. Because if, in fact, you have committed yourselves to Jesus in that marriage, and you look and recognize that God has given you this gift of this partnership, you know that in every one of these relationships, Jesus is the third person in that triangle. And so you recognize and love Jesus, and you recognize through the Holy Spirit what it's about. You commit yourselves to each other through faithfulness, through better or worse. You understand? It's not only about the good times. It's not about the chemistry. Forget chemistry, will you really? (laughs) Chemistry. Are you kidding me, chemistry? And you wonder why people can't stay married beyond like 10 years? It's because they're looking for chemistry. That's another word for lust. All right? That's another word for lust. And instead, I want to see us be committed to each other through the Holy Spirit, through, through, through family relationships, through godly relationships, loving each other because the Holy Spirit has descended on your life and has filled you with love. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people. Lord, I, I thank you for your words today. Lord, let it be inspired by the Holy Spirit to touch and resonate in our heart to give us what we need today, the present truth, Father, as it fills our heart, and I ask you to let us contemplate it and consider it in this coming week and incorporate it into our life. As each and every one of us says as we leave here, Lord, I need to be more empowered by this Spirit. I need to be more dedicated to you. I need to read and study the Scripture. I need to understand your will for me in my life, and I can only do this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Bless our people. Bless each and every one of them. Protect them this week and bring them back safely next week as we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you.